everybody, and welcome to the Forever Wingman Podcast, the podcast all about life and careers in the U.S. Air Force. This is episode number 10. I'm Josh, the host of the show, and today I am interviewing Air Force Airman First Class Sean White on the Broadcast Journalist Career Field, which is the 3 November 0x1 AFSE. The show notes for this show can be found at foreverwingman.com slash 010, and there you'll find links and other information related to the show. You can also leave comments and questions there or on Facebook. So here's the interview with Airman White on the Broadcast Journalist Career Field. I'll be back after to fill in any of the gaps. Hey, everyone. I am pleased to introduce to you Airman First Class Sean White from the 7th Bomb Wing Public Affairs Office at Dias Air Force Base in Texas. Airman White, thank you so much for coming on the show, brother. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely, man. I know that we've uh, kind of been uh, trying to figure out how to do this, get some interviews scheduled and stuff. I'm glad that we could finally make it happen. So you're here to talk about the broadcast journalist career field, which is the 3 November 0x1 Air Force Specialty Code. But before we do... I wonder if you could tell us just a little bit about yourself, maybe start with uh, where you're from and the story of why you decided to join the Air Force. Okay, cool. Uh, I was born in New Orleans, lived there for about a good eight years of my life. Then I moved down to San Antonio, Texas, actually right down the street from Lackland Air Force Base. Oh, nice. When I, uh, went to, yeah, when I went to basic, I ended up going down the street saying, hey, mom, you know, looking, looking across the fence. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I joined, uh, my father was a E-9 in the Marine Corps. And I pretty much told him that I was interested in joining the military. And I told him I wanted to go Marines and follow him in his footsteps. And he was like, son, let me tell you something. Go Air Force. No way. Did so, he really say that? Yep. Yeah. So I ended up going Air Force. Best decision I've ever made. Wow. Now, do you know the reason why he decided to save the Air Force and not the Marine Corps after spending so much time in the Marine Corps? Um, he just wanted something more for my future. And the Air Force is definitely something that sets that up for you. Um not saying that the Marine Corps doesn't, but they're, yeah. so, you know, I've noticed that Air Force's focus definitely not only while you're in, but also they focus on, you know, getting something set up for you when you get out. Nice. That's outstanding, man. So, so what was your reason for uh, even deciding to join the military in the first place? Um, I've always wanted to serve my country. Like I said, living down the street from Lackland Air Force Base, I always saw, you know, basic trainees shuttling to and from. I uh, was always able to get on base, so I was always inspired and always wanted to be in uniform, always yeah. wanted to follow in my father's footsteps, and um, all of the uh, great benefits that come with it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Those are yeah, some great great, uh, great reasons right there. I mean, I, I can imagine your dad during uh, your basic training graduation and how proud he was to see you there, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, awesome, man. Uh, so where, where have you been stationed at? Is Dias Air Force Base the only place you've been at? Yeah, I've only been to Dias Air Force Base, and my tech school is in Maryland, so... San Antonio, Maryland, uh, Abilene, Texas. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Awesome, man. So in your own words, what what exactly is uh, broadcast journalism? So broadcast journalism is, it's a very, very unique career field. You will be the guy that makes all the YouTube, you're, you're pretty much the hype guys for the Air Force and you're the, you are what, you put the Air Force in the public's eye. Yeah. So essentially... You get trained on news broadcast uh, journalism. You get trained on video editing. You get trained on audio engineering. Um, when you get to your first base, you get trained on public affairs. So you learn how to deal with media like Fox News, CNN, local media. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, yeah, you learn community relations. So you learn how to target specific audiences. 
to pretty much advertise for the Air Force and get people coming to the base and wanting to join and recruiting, things like that. Yeah, awesome. So you you mentioned, um, so you, you do the video side of the house, but you also mentioned that you do the public affairs side of the house. And I know when we interviewed uh, Airman Drotti on episode number six on the uh, photojournalist career field, um, he also mentioned the public affairs side as well. Now, is that kind of an overlap between the two AFSCs? Um, yeah, so our shop is unique. We, um, I mean, I'm sure every shop is like this, but we are split into three sections, the command information section, where we put out videos, we you know, do social media, things like that. We have the media relations section, and then we have the community relations section. Um, our broadcaster, or, you know, our career field bleeds into that as well. So we also help out with that side. Okay. But mainly, our job is to make videos and report the news and things like that. Got it. And so what what exactly does the average day look like for you? So the average day, we have a, you know, PT three, day, three times a week, which is great. Yeah. The average day... I would say we get contacts, or I'm sorry, we get story ideas, and then we get contacts on things we want to highlight. Uh, we set up interviews, we film, so that usually takes about maybe an hour for an interview, and then depending on what story we're doing, we can go out and capture B-roll out on the flight line or someone doing their job, and we'll highlight their job. Uh, then we just take it back to the shop. We usually do editing for about maybe two or three days, depending on how large the story is. Oh man, that's a lot and, of editing. Um, oh yeah. It takes, it definitely takes time. And depending on what you're doing, I, I worked on a story one time for almost, you know, three weeks just to get, but it came out to be one of my best products. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So you do the, the, the shooting, you do the, the interviews and you also do all the editing, right? Yep. We do it all one person. Wow. Oh my gosh. That is so, so, so how do you know how long your your tech school is? Our tech school is roughly about five months. Five months, wow! And can you can you walk us through what exactly that looks like and what a new American can expect as soon as they get to the tech school until the time that you graduate? What does that actually look like? Yeah, sure. So after you do basic training, which is eight weeks or eight and a half weeks, you go to Fort Meade, Maryland, which is a joint service base, and um, for your first I'd say two months, you'd be in a speech class. So essentially, you learn how to talk and articulate and form words. You learn pretty much writing for the ear and the, because uh, our, our career field, we specialize in writing conversational news, or we write when it comes to hard hitting news, like something major has happened. We learn how to write in a very technical sense so that people can understand and we can get the facts out right away. So that class, you'll learn all about the way you talk. So you have someone on the other end listening to the way you say your R's, your W's, your... Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that doesn't breathe. make you self-conscious at all, does it? Oh, man. I, I had no clue. When I listened back to my own voice, A, I hated my own voice in the very beginning. But you get used <laughs> to it, which is a good thing. And then B, you realize you say things in the weirdest ways. Like you say your W's, like W's or something. And you're just like, I never knew that. Like I talked like that my whole life. So they try to try to beat that out of you. Oh my and gosh. It's, it's, it's rough. Like I passed with maybe a 71 because a lot of people, it's, it's the way they grew up and the way they speak. So it's, it's pretty tough. The first part is usually where people fail out. Um, the second part is going to be radio 
So you learn audio engineering. So pretty much you take your voice that you've, uh, you're constantly working on to, to fix and to get more articulate. And um, you learn how to operate a radio uh, station because if you do end up going overseas, you could end up working at an AFN radio station. Yes. Where you'll be a DJ. It's yeah, that one's a, that one was a lot of fun. So you make radio advertisements, you work at DJ booth for an hour, they judge you on your story and it's all pretty much quote unquote live. So if you mess up, man, that's uh Yeah, that's not a good thing, right? Yeah, because when I was us when I was stationed over in Okinawa, Japan, I always used to listen to the AFN radio station all the time, every day going to and from work and even driving around base and stuff. Awesome, yeah, and that's what that's what our career field is. We uh, we we run the radio stations. Wow, that's so. pretty cool. So so basically, everything that I'm doing with the, with the podcast, you probably learned during that 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 block in in tech school, all the audio sound and the quality sound and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly what you're doing. We did it in tech school. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's awesome, man. So what what else do you do after that? So after you learn uh, radio editing, you go into video, and um, video is. That's the that's my my personally my favorite part because um that's where you learn how to use a camera, you learn composition techniques, you pretty much learn how to be a news broadcaster with uh you apply your voice that you've uh, you, you're still constantly working on, you uh <laughs> apply your audio techniques, they teach you how to put together uh matching action. So it's it's almost like a miniature film school. And they teach they you know they teach you how to film. Oh my gosh, man that that sounds like it. That sounds like it'd be awesome. I think I got into the wrong career field. I think I should have gone into <laughs> broadcast journalism. Man. <laughs> hey, you've got the voice, definitely. Uh, <laughs> appreciate it, man. So, um, so what's weird to me is, and and it, oh, I guess it only shows the amount of responsibility that you guys have in the career field is that you. It sounds like that you learn. Um, the in front of the camera part, as well as the behind the camera part, which in the civilian world, it seems like that you just specialize in one of those, right? Right. Yeah. You're in front and behind the camera. Wow. And only after five months. I mean, there's people who build their entire careers just off of being in front of the camera or just being behind the camera. And you guys learn it all, let alone on top of that, the the radio portion and the audio portion as well. Now we know some of the all the uh, AFSCs they have uh, pros and cons, but in your opinion, what are some of the uh, the pros of the career field? What is it that people love about uh, broadcast journalism? So one of the things that I love about broadcast journalism is that it's one of the very few, maybe if only, you know, career fields besides photojournalism um, that where we have almost creative freedom. Like whenever we're not delivering hard news. Or whatever, not we're not creating news stories that you know we have a deployment coming up, or we have someone like you know people went somewhere. We pretty much have a little bit of creative freedom because we yeah. can create commercials, like spots almost. We can create quote unquote BuzzFeed type videos where it's like something. Uh, a future project I'm going to be doing is going to be uh, Dias Airman Tried Marine PT. And that's something that's going to gener- generate buzz around the internet. It's going to get people looking at the Air Force and, you know, thinking, oh, hey, that's pretty cool. Like bringing awareness to us and what we do and in, in a very fun manner. That's one of the pro things about our career field. Yeah. Um, you learn, if, if you like filmmaking, you learn how to make film. So it's professional training that you get from people who have, you know, been making and editing videos for 20, 
15, 20 years. So it's, it's really cool. But definitely some of the pros of this career field that I'd say. Yeah, that's actually really cool because there's not many career fields out there that you can be creative in, right? Um, like it's, it's one thing about the military is that they are very hard and fast on their systems and it's done the same way almost every single time. So that's actually pretty cool that, you know, for the artistic types who, you know, who want to express themselves. Now, what about some of the, uh, the cons? What are some of the misled ex- expectations that, that maybe new airmen come in with that, that aren't necessarily true about broadcast journalism? So some of the cons, um, they don't in tech school particularly highlight the public affairs aspect of it because we recently had that, you know, a career field merge within the past few years. Yeah. And we were solely broadcast journalists and our intention was to be over at an AFN overseas to create, uh, to run a television studio, which is also something that I haven't gotten to experience yet because I haven't been overseas. Yeah. But... They, I know, I think they're trying to revamp it to where there's a heavier focus on public affairs in tech school, but that's, I'm not saying the public affairs side of it is negative, but you don't really know that you have to, you're going to learn how to deal with media. You don't yeah. know that you're going to be like, oh, I, I have to deal you know, with base tours and giving things like that, scheduling and setting and things like that. So it's a, it, when I got here, it kind of blindsided me a little bit. I was like, oh, I thought I was kind of just making videos the entire time. But yeah, yeah. Um, so it's uh, kind of the uh, the preparation going into your first base when it comes to public affairs side. So talking to news agencies and stuff like that, that was kind of a uh, kind of threw you off a little bit. Yeah. And we did get a little bit of training into it, but I didn't realize that it was going to be a pretty big part of it with within this career field. Now, I know the uh, the photojournalist career field, they have the uh, alert photographer. Do you guys do uh, kind of standby, kind of after hours um, type stuff as well? Yes. Yeah, so the broadcasters in this shop, we have about five of them and there's about 15 photojournalists. They're all scheduled out for you know weekly alert photography. We have our alert photographer, our videographers as well, but it's only for major, major things like an aircraft accident. Got it. If an aircraft goes down on base, everyone's going to be in the shop. If you just happen to be the guy that's on alert, you're going to be going out there with a camera filming what happened, the, you know, people rescuing, hopefully that, you know, everyone made it, things like that. But, you know, we do have the alert videography. Our shop wants to start training our videographers for alert photography as well. So it's a little bit easier on the photographers because that happens quite often for alert photography. Yeah. And so come and I came from the, uh, the command post career field and we were some of the ones that actually called you guys after hours, uh, to have you guys respond after security forces would call us. Um, and, and that makes a lot of sense too, because you want to take the burden off of those guys, I'm sure. But I'm kind of curious though, on the video side, you'd said that, you know, that if there's say, uh, hypothetically, there's an airplane crash. Now, one of your responsibilities, if you could make it happen, is to try and get out there and, and document the the response to it. Right, because we um, our career field also is about preserving history. And Got if it. aircraft goes down, that's pretty like that's pretty major. That's a huge deal. Yeah, so being able to push out that imagery to major news networks, preserving it for future. Um, that, like, you know, people might look at that later on, like, oh, this is how the emergency people responded. This is how we can do better. So that's a, a main reason why we have videographers go out there in case something major like that happens. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even actually think about that before because I guess I always thought it would just be someone out there with a, with a, uh, you know, a DSLR Canon camera or, or a, 
or whatever camera you guys use out there snapping photos, but I didn't even think about the video side of the house too, for the documentation of the history purposes. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, what about special duty assignments? I know that Aaron Drotty on episode six talked about uh, combat camera a little bit. Now you guys are also, uh, you guys kind of also tie into the combat camera side of the house, right? Yeah, we do. So we also have videographers that go up for combat camera. Um, they learn how to do, uh, you know, breaching, clearing techniques, things like that. You're the guy that's going to go out there. If there's an, like maybe an assignment with pararescue, yeah. something major, um, you'll go out there with the camera and film them. So that's a uh, really cool assignment. I have some buddies out there that do combat cam and they are constantly TDY going all kinds of cool places. So that's a special assignment. There's a, another special assignment for it's, it's not really a special assignment, but I know they're revamping the, the combat camera career field, so it might be a potential special assignment, Yeah. but a, a production studio where you make Air Force or nationwide commercials for the Air Force. Oh, wow. That'd be so, really cool. Yeah. The major production studio that we have currently is in uh, Utah, and that one's where it's just a huge like television studio, like production house, where they just kind of... You have giant green screens, the best equipment. They push wow. out such great products, and that's just go, the ones that go to the movie theaters, the one that you see during the Super Bowl, things like that. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. Have you ever been there before? Oh no, I wish I had buddies out there, and they man, they they have a blast. Yeah, they kind of they kind of yeah make you all jealous, right? <laughs> oh man, I wish I was out there. <laughs> now, what kind of a what kind of equipment um, would differ from what you're actually using on a day-to-day basis on on uh, normal base stories versus, say, combat camera? Because uh, it seems like you need more kind of tactical um, equipment, correct? Right. So combat camera, they usually go for the, the smaller compact cameras. Um, I've seen some of them go out with DSLRs as well. Yeah. For us and our shop, we had some pretty big Sony XD cameras and, you know, they work very well, but we're trying to push a move to um, DSLRs because yeah. they're so much lighter, they're so much smaller. We can change up the lenses on the fly. So all of our broadcasts in our shop, we, ch- we have some floating DSLRs that go around with video capability. Mm-hmm. And uh, we all try to kind of pick those whenever we can, whenever we got stories, because the quality on it is so much better and it's so much easier to carry instead of like a 40, 50 pound bag. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. So what what is the uh, the the deployment tempo look like for the uh, broadcast journalism career field? I know everything's kind of ramping down over the Middle East right now, um, but is it? Would you say it's on par with uh, with the rest of the AFSC in the Air Force? Kind of a, a, a one to three uh, type tempo. Yeah, um, I remember you know Aaron Jardy saying that our you know career field is slowing down. There's not a, much of a need for us out yeah. there to be deployed, so it is a little bit less of a deployment ratio for our career field. So you're going to spend a lot more time on station than you will outside of, you know, in a deployed location. Yeah. And combat camera is usually the ones that are out there, you know, picking up those smaller contingency operations. So they don't really have too much of a need for people to actually deploy out there. So our deploy, our deployment ratio is, is pretty pretty uh you know slow yeah yeah compared to the other career fields now now does now 
I figured because there's two different missions for the combat camera versus just the the uh, normal broadcast journalist on the base level. Um, do, would, would do the combat camera crews do they normally fill in more of the deployment um, slots, or or is that pretty much evenly spread out across the combat camera and also the rest of the Air Force broadcast journalists? Um, from what I hear, I believe combat camera they kind of don't even deploy as much as they do go TDY. Got so, it. Regular broadcast journalists, if they're not overseas at an AFN, I believe they, they're the ones that's going to be out, you know, deploying. And ComCam deploys less than, I believe, normal uh, broadcast journalists. They're just the ones TDY all the time. Got it. And that, and that makes sense in my own mind, too, now that you said it out loud, is the that they'd be um, TDY or, or, you know, they're short stints as opposed to an actual deployment. Because they kind of just go get what they need to do and then and they come back, right? Right, because uh, in our career field, everything's got to be kind of like a quick, quick turnaround because we want to get that information out as fast as you know maybe a, a national media would be pushing it out. Got it. Understand. Now, what about the jobs on the outside of the service? This seems like it would be it would have a lot of transferable skills on the outside um, as a civilian. Um, what what have uh, others gone on to do and accomplish from the uh, broadcast journalist career field? So it, it's it's pretty cool because I've actually been looking uh, at career fields that I'm kind of off just out of curiosity, like civilian, like what they require for videographers. Sure. And you can do quite a lot, like wedding videography. You can work for companies who are like want social media managers who want to push out video products. Um there's you, you learn skills in filmmaking. So if you end up going to an uh, production house, you can potentially end up working on a TV set or a movie set. Uh, pretty far fetched, but that's kind of like my my fingers are crossed. I'm kind of hoping to to wave in that direction. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you learn a lot about, like I said, news news broadcasting. So you can end up working for a local television station as a uh, TV host anchor. You can work at a DJ station, like for a local radio. Um, you can be a camera operator at a local news station. So a lot of it deals in film type um, environments. You can also move on to uh, do social media for a company like marketing. Yeah. Um, our career field, they emphasize mass communication. So if you're looking for a math communication degree or something within that career field, this is what you want to be in. Yeah. So there, there are a handful of, of AFSCs within the Air Force that their skills directly transfer to the civilian side. And it definitely seems like that this is one. And it seems like there's a lot of different paths, which is pretty cool because I interviewed uh, someone uh, on the uh, HVAC career field. And that's like it's directly transferable to the civilian side, but it's kind of a one-stop shop, right? You go straight in to the civilian world as an HVAC specialist. Whereas this, it seems like that you're, you come out with so many skills that are marketable, um, that you literally have, uh, uh, you know, a handful of paths that you can go as a civilian and still utilize the skills that you learned in the air force. Right. Right. You, your main focus whenever you're in here is videography. So if you want to go into film or working at a local news station, those are going to be your best bets. But yeah, like you learn media relations, you learn, community engagement so you can be you know t marketing or touring for another company you can be a social media manager for some companies like the there is quite a good amount of possibilities coming out of this career field yeah 
So overall, um, I think that pretty much covers the most specific questions about the the AFSC. I'm kind of curious though. Um, out of all the projects that you've worked on, do you do you have a favorite one? Oh yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> tell, tell us, tell us the story of that. So one of them was uh, Aaron Jardy. He highlighted the Jack Hinkle, the Vietnam veteran. Yes, yes. I that watched that video, and that was phenomenal. And I'll, I'll link it again to the show notes on this episode as well, because it was really good. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, that's the one that I produce, and you know, Jack was such a great guy. Um, I, I, I would touch up on another one, since we kind of covered that previous one. Um, another one was a World War II veteran. He was a B-17 Vulture gunner during, in, in the European theater during World War II. And um, he passed away and was buried in the Abilene, the Texas Veteran Cemetery. So I actually went out there, met his surviving wife, filmed his funeral, and our uh, Dias Honor Guard were out there. And um, I actually ended up getting an interview with her uh, after it. And it turned out to be a really heartfelt, touching story because I got to hear the actions of this, you know, one of the guys from the greatest generation, a Baltar gunner who had a, you know, 15% survival rate and his, he survived by his life and his memories. And it just, it, it was really great to just be able to tell everyone about all these great things that this guy did. And it wow. just, I can only imagine the emotions that would come along with that. Now I'm kind of curious in, in relation to this project, whenever you're, you're having these interviews and, and, and filming and stuff, how, is is there a way that that you're taught or that you've learned um, just to kind of turn off the emotions and be able to you know keep your composure during those emotional times? Yeah, and it's it's pretty rough to do that because whenever you're interviewing them, you don't want you don't want to interject during that. You don't want and it, it sounds kind of rough, but you don't want to comfort them because what they're saying is what they're speaking from the heart. Yeah, and it and you could get the best soundbite and the best quote you can ever get. And you just have to learn to let the story breathe and let them talk without you wanting to, you know, interject or comfort them or whatever. And it sounds kind of mean and it sounds kind of like, ah, like, why would you do that? But the best quotes come out of that. And the best way your story is told is by letting them let it all out and lay it all on the table. So it is a little bit of self-control, just kind of sitting there stone faced, letting them like pour their heart out but mm. it is something that you know you you think like hey this is how they would want to tell their story so you got you gotta let them you gotta let them talk yeah absolutely and i and i'm sure i'm, I'm trying to envision in my mind you know you you out there at the cemetery doing this interview and and i'm sure as you create the video i mean you're you're creating it you know with the focus on them right so you don't it's probably not very many times that you're probably even talking in the video, right? Because you're pretty much editing yourself completely out. So, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, wow. Good night. I'm, I, I'm definitely going to have to have you uh, send me a link to that video and I'll put it in the show notes as well. And I'm looking forward to watching it as well. Definitely. Cool. Outstanding. Well, I think that pretty much covers everything about the AFSC, man. Uh, is there anything that you can think about that, uh, that I may have missed that you might, that you think is important? Um, someone who's thinking about coming in the career field or someone who's got, who selected the AFSC? Um, yeah, I mean, this AFSC is a great AFSC, especially cause I was, I was into filmmaking before this, like kind of like as a hobby, like with all my friends and it's something that, it's a fun career field and it's very 
creative. It's one of the very few, you know, curfews in the military that is, you can be creative, like we said earlier. But it's also one that you, you have to be willing to put yourself out there for, and you have to be willing to talk to people. Yeah. Because if you're sitting in the office all day, kind of like waiting for a story to happen, you're going to have a, a pretty boring time. You're not going to like, oh, this career feels boring, whatever. Like, I don't really do anything. So you've got to be willing to think outside of the box. So you've got to be willing to put yourself out there and like, hey, you know, I want to make a video that's going to garner attention and, you know, maybe people get, get more people to be recruited or like recruit or go into the Air Force like a, you know, like I said, a Marine versus PT or Air Force PT session. Yeah. That's going to be something funny and something fun. And I've got to make, I've got to be the one to go out there to talk to the people out and make the connections and set the time. So you've got to be willing to go on your own. And I know I highlighted a lot of the public affairs broadcast journalist side of it, but there's a whole secondary career field, quote unquote, essentially, for AFN. So if you end up going overseas, you're going to learn all about being in a TV studio and, you know, news production, things like that. So I can't really speak on that behalf, but there is so much more to this career field that people don't really see or know about because all they really see is the video that pops up on Facebook or our website. Yeah, absolutely. And can you, can you touch real base on what exactly AFN is? AFN is American forces network. So essentially overseas, we have our own, um, networks and we we run the tv studios over there so whenever you're overseas you can watch american television and uh get american news and while you're over there also you're you're um creating commercials for afn so usually they're all pretty silly but <laughs> oh my gosh yes well. so i was uh yeah so i was yeah. stationed over in england and over in okinawa japan and and uh we we listen to AFN all the time and those commercials, it's good to know that you're the one making those commercials because now we can razz you about it. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, but the yeah, the the commercials can be a little bit cheesy and um but they they cool. do their point to fill in those gaps between uh, the the where the commercials would normally be for shows and stuff. Yeah, sometimes they can be really, oh man, I, I cringe <laughs> sometimes when I watch them, but they're, it's good, it's good. Uh, that's cool. Outstanding. That's a lot of great information. Thank you so much for that. And so, okay, so now we're coming to the part of the show, Aaron White, where I ask um, our guests to give any tips or advice to, to any of the listeners. And I just ask them you know, to envision that if, uh, say, a younger cousin or a younger brother or sister came to you and said that they were uh, thinking about joining the Air Force, what advice would you give to them? Um, I would definitely tell them to, you know, look to the future and what do you want to be when you, not only when you're in the Air Force, but when you also get out. Like, do you research on what career fields you want to get into? I know it's kind of a little bit, you don't really have much of a say, but you do have somewhat of a say on like, you know, your top 10 careers that you want to be in. Sure. Do your research. And I, you know, when I was coming in, I really wish I had something like this, um, to listen to so I can just kind of hear out all the career fields, like get advice from people who are actually in. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Just know what you want. Really. Yeah. Just, just know what you want when you're coming in and be prepared to work, be prepared to stay fit, be prepared to constantly, you know, be on your toes, just, just be prepared for it and always go in with an open mind and a great attitude and always be the hardest worker in the room. Absolutely. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. That, I think that, that last one is absolutely so true. Be the hardest worker in the room. 
and and research, research, research. Thank you so much. Amber oh, White, yeah. thank you again for taking the time to come on the show. Um, and I know your, your schedule is super busy with you guys over in the 7th Bomb Wing Public Affairs. You guys got a lot of stuff going on over there. But I really do appreciate you taking the time to come on the show, man. Oh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak about my job. Yeah, I absolutely. love it. Thanks, sir. Airman White did an amazing job. I'm not sure if you could tell or not, but during the interview, I was having equipment issues, and he had some major patience with me. After all, this type of stuff is exactly what he's trained to do, so special thanks goes out to Airman White. Here's some general information for you on the 3 November 0x2 AFSE. You'll need at least a 72 general score on the ASVAB. There are roughly 474 people within the AFSC, which makes this a very, very small career field. There are about 303 males and 171 females, or about 64% males and 36% females. Now, because it's so small, this is probably one of those jobs that's probably very, very difficult to get into. So keep that in mind when you're putting it on your list. Tech school is about 77 classroom days at Fort Meade, Maryland, like uh, Airman White had mentioned. And lastly, you'll earn credits towards a CCF degree in mass communications. Don't forget to head over to the show notes at foreverwilliam.com slash 010 and leave any comments and questions that you may have. Also, Emron White sent me a couple videos that he worked on if you want to get an idea of the type of work that broadcast journalists do. Well, I think that pretty much covers it, but I want to give another shout out to the 7th Bombing Public Affairs staff. Those folks continue to go above and beyond any expectations that I may have. So thank you, thank you, thank you. As for all the listeners, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If it wasn't for you, this show wouldn't even exist. So take care, have a great week, and I'll catch you on the next episode.